All right, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 16 through to 18 has been what we call our anchor series around here. If you're a guest with us today, uh, we have been in the series of talks that we've been calling How to Survive a Pandemic. And what we do during our uh, collection of talks around here is we have what we call an anchor verse. This anchor verse is out of a letter called 2 Corinthians, written by a dude named Paul the Apostle. And uh, he writes two letters to this church that we know in, uh, as the Corinthian church. And so 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 16 through 18 is in this anchor verse, and he says this. Therefore, we do not give up. Come on. Like right there is just a, we could end the service there. We do not give up. Even though our outer person is being destroyed. I feel like that right now. Our inner person is being renewed day by day. And then he says this. This has really been the, the crux of this message. For our momentary light affliction is producing for us an absolutely incomparable eternal weight of glory. So we do not focus on what is seen, but on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Today, as we continue on in this collection of talks we've been calling How to Survive a Pandemic, I wanna speak to you from the subject, sweet emotion. Sweet emotion, sweet. I'm not gonna sing it. As we look at our emotions and how they impact our lives and faith in moments of hardship, and affliction. Let's just pray one more time as we dig into the message today. Jesus, we love you. We thank you for your voice in our life. And God, I pray right now that it would be your voice, not my voice. Move me out of the way. God, may your word come alive to us today as we gaze upon it. May your grace be tangible. God, may your presence be right where we are at, in our homes, in our workplaces, in our kitchens, and in our cubicles, in our cars, or right now maybe even on a campsite. We love you, we honor you, we worship you in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, amen. amen. Uh, I threw a temper tantrum the other day. Come on, like, uh, shout me down online or if you're in the room today, how many of you have thrown a temper, temper tantrum lately? Lately, come on, don't lie about it. Um, don't, don't judge me either. I threw a temper tantrum the other day and to be honest with you, I was kind of ashamed by it. Uh, it, it was one of those days where you wake up on the wrong side of the bed. You've all heard this before. Like you wake up, and how many of you know, like you get up out of your bed, and you know the minute you roll over, stay out of my way. Like it was just one of those days. Nobody had done anything to me. Uh, nobody had said anything to me. The house wasn't chaotic. It was just one of those days for some reason I got up and I just had one of those in me. Like I just had that thing inside of me. And so even the smallest of things caused me to have an attitude and caused me to engage life with this kind of just negative, just I had that stank face. You know what I'm talking about? Like it was just that type of day. And so things led on, things led on, things led on. And finally, it all erupted and I threw myself an adult temper tantrum. Full on, threw myself a tantrum, right? You might as well throw in a diaper on me because that's full baby status is where I went. And what's hard about it is if I'm honest, like, doing it as an adult, how many of you, like, you look at yourself afterwards and you're like, oh my gosh, because, like, what was going on? I think when people start to throw temper tantrums, I think we should all hold mirrors. So we can just, like, raise a mirror up and be like, look at yourself right now. Right now, look at yourself, because this is awful. This is a dumpster fire mess of temper tantrum, okay? That was where I was at the other day. Emotions, if we're not aware of them and careful with them, they can and will rule our lives. The great writer and author C.S. Lewis said this, 
And I love this quote. Without the aid of trained emotions, the intellect is powerless against the animal organism. And I think he was right. Emotions, more often than not, can be a wild animal, scarcely trained and often left unchecked and unrestrained. Yet for many of us, we roll the dice with them and hope for a better outcome than really what takes place most times. You ever been there before? Like we don't really think about our emotions, we just let them. Hey, you got just, just half of the day, right? And emotions, they're, they're important for sure. According to a study by the World Economic Forum, they would conclude that emotional intelligence is essential when it comes to building a well-balanced life. Emotional intelligence was ranked as the top 10 most important workplace skill when it comes to what workers will need in order to be successful. Check this out, in 2020, right? And how many of you would agree with me right now, 2020 has checked your emotions? Like, I don't know about you, but 2020 has made it so that emotional intelligence becomes an important thing in my, in my life. But think about the pairing of those words for emotional intelligence. Think about that person. Don't look at them. Just think about the person. Emotional intelligence, right? And I think like nine out of ten times, I have a tendency to exercise emotional stupidity, right? And there's something about those words that help me understand that my emotions actually have greater capabilities than I allow for or give them credit for. I have more capability than what I give myself credit for. Yet, I still threw a tantrum the other day. Yet, I still get Angry and blow up, yet I still get sad and depressed, and yet, and yet, and yet, come on, how many of you know what I'm talking about today? Like our emotions, well, they're powerful at the end of the day, and let's be honest for a moment, brutally honest, and if you're online, I can't even see you, so you can just shake your head, right? Brutally honest, let's be honest for a moment, letting our emotions just go feels so great in the moment. Come on, can we talk truth today in church? We don't like to talk about, I'm gonna, I'm, gonna talk, I'm gonna dig deep into some of this today. We don't like to say that because we like to pretend that we, as, especially Christ followers, we have all of our stuff in control. But let's be honest, no we don't, right? But man, doesn't it feel good? Come on, doesn't it feel good to use a few four letter words when that person pulls in front of you, right? How many of you know, it, it, like you think that we didn't see you flip the bird, but you've got the little fish sticker on the back of your car, we know who you are. Right? Doesn't it feel good to just be angry and let it out? Doesn't it feel good to be attracted to something and just laser beam towards it? Doesn't it feel good to leave the emotions unrestrained and feel all the feels and give all the feels the space that they need? But here's the problem. Passion, fear, anger, love, attraction, joy, sorrow, all valid emotions and an integral part of our human makeup, yet all of them, all of them, all of those emotions that I just listed, they all have a dark side to them. They all have a dark side to them. This is why the writer of Proverbs encourages us with this truth, Proverbs chapter 16, verse 32, watch what it says. It says that patience is better than power. Patience is better than power and controlling one's emotions than capturing a city. 
Think about that. Patience is better than power. Isn't it interesting that we try to use power to overcome most of the stuff that we deal with in life? And the Bible says that patience is better than power. And controlling one's emotions than capturing a city. The truth is that during a time such as this, surviving a pandemic can come down to simply how we manage and work with our emotions. Life, hardships, and affliction provide for each of us the context for our emotions to rage in ways that we never thought possible. They can make us do things and say things and think things in ways that would otherwise not be said or thought or done because of the extra applied pressure. Come on, how many of us felt some pressure during this season? How many of us have felt some push on our lives and our hearts and our souls during the season? It's pressure, and oh man, that sweet emotion comes out when the pressure's applied. Oh boy, when the pressure is applied, does the anger come out, and the passion come out, and the fear come out, and the joy come out. All of the emotions, the range of human emotion when pressure is applied, oh, it comes out for sure. The question is, is what happens when the emotion, the sweet emotion, comes out. See, in the midst of it all, Paul says to us that this light and momentary affliction, we just read it in Corinthians, it's producing something in us. And I believe it's in moments like this that we've gotta check ourselves before we wreck ourselves. (laughs) Sorry, I had to go there. It's just one of those things. Right, Because in this moment, our emotions, they're there in this light and momentary affliction. It's producing something in us. The question is, is what? What is it producing and what are we allowing it to do? See, my temper tantrum the other day, if I'm honest with you, has caused me to do some personal examination of my soul. It caused me to ask some questions that I haven't asked before. Seek advice and go on the very real journey of searching my heart. This moment, these emotions, they're producing something. And I hope that something is stronger faith, a healthier soul, and a purified heart. That'd be my prayer for you today. That'd be my prayer for all of us today, that as we work through this topic, as we work through this conversation today and next week, I hope and I pray that we can actually come out of it with a healthier soul, a purified heart, a stronger faith. The question, as always, is is how? How do we deal with our emotions? In light of everything that we're facing right now in each of our lives, how do we deal with these very real feelings and thoughts? Because they're real. Come on, somebody, they're real. You are not gonna hear from me today that our emotions aren't real. They're very real. We gotta validate the reality of our emotions, but what we do with them is of the utmost importance, right? I believe that the Bible actually offers us some very practical and personal truths as to how we do this, and this is what I wanna get in today. We're gonna look at Psalm chapter four, verses one through five. Psalm chapter four, verses one through five, and here's the deal. This is now a two-parter in this series, okay? I had five points, and as I got to point two, I realized that we'd be here a lot longer if I went for all the rest of the points. So today, to be, to be fair, I'm gonna give you the first two points and then we're gonna leave you on a cliffhanger and next week we're gonna, we're gonna close out the emotion part of this how to survive a pandemic with the last three 
point. So I'm doing you a favor today, and we're just gonna work through the first two. But Psalm chapter four, verses one through five, let's read it, and then we're gonna get into the first two truths that, that we see offered to us. Psalm four, one through five says this, answer me, when I call, I want you to hear the language of David right here, okay? King David, watch and listen to how he puts things. Answer me when I call, God, who vindicates me. You freed me from affliction. Be gracious to me and hear my prayer. So now we understand that he's crying out to God. How long, exalted ones, will my honor be, now check out the word, insulted, okay? So we know right now by way of scripture that David is dealing with some offense. He's, he's feeling insulted. He's feeling vexed, if you will, by what is happening to him, all right? Will my honor be, how long will you love what is worthless and pursue a lie? Now David's telling us that he's frustrated at what's going on around him. Have you ever been there before? Have you ever been offended anybody? Have you ever been frustrated by what people are doing around you, right? And then watch what he says. Know that the Lord has set apart the faithful for himself. The Lord will hear when I call to him. So I want us to understand these first three verses in light of what we're about to read. David is in an emotional place, right? He's frustrated, he's offended, he's insulted, he's, he's asking God to do something, he's went, wondering when God is going to, to answer him. David is in an emotional place. Now watch what he says, verse four, here we go. He says, be angry, but do not sin. Reflect in your heart while on your bed and be silent. Offer sacrifices in righteousness and trust in the Lord. I wanna look at these statements today and next week. And we're gonna look at some of these truths and how they help us process through our emotions. Here's the first truth I wanna offer us today. Number one, we have to lean into the emotion of our humanity. We have to lean into the emotion of our humanity. Now I know for some of us who have maybe uh, followed Jesus for a while, this is, gonna, this is gonna mess with us a little bit because we've been told something else. Don't have emotion. Come on, how many of you know what I'm talking about? We've been told emotion is bad. Don't, don't, don't trust emotion. And some of those statements on the backside of them, yeah, there, there's some sediment that is appropriate with them, but I need us to understand something that actually, if we're gonna process through our emotions appropriately, we have to lean into our emotion. We have to lean into the emotion of our humanity. This is why David says this, be angry. Rawr. Be angry. Now let me be very clear as to what I mean by this and what I'm saying with this statement. To lean in means to understand and recognize the emotions that I'm having and experiencing. To lean into them is to, to go, I'm having these emotions. Guys, I'm having emotions right now. I have them. I'm a human being. Can I, can I just say this? Emotions are what make us human. We've talked about this before. Jesus did not come to strip away our humanity. He came to redeem our humanity. So there's a, very, there's a big difference here. We have to lean into our human emotion. It helps me recognize that I am flesh and blood, that there are things that are hardwired into me as a, as a person designed by God. See, emotions are not bad or good in and of themselves. It's what we do with those emotions that change the moral value of them. As one author put it, our emotions, I love this, our emotions are gauges, not guides. I like to put it this way, our emotions, they offer us clues, but not consultations. 
Yet many of us don't allow our emotions to simply be clues. We allow them to consult our life and dictate our actions. We sit before our feelings and go, tell us what to do, tell us what to do. I'm angry, tell me what to do, right? No, no, they're just gauges, they're just guides. I'm feeling angry, I'm feeling sad, I'm feeling attraction, I'm feeling joy, I'm feeling sorrow, I'm feeling, you, you fill in the blanks, you fill in the gap. They are, they are gauges, they help me understand, oh, oh, something's going on in my emotional space. How many of you thank God that I have fear when there's a bear in front of me? Come on, somebody. Why? Because that fear becomes a gauge. And the gauge tells me, back up slowly. Right? Because how many of us have ever articulated this before when we watch people do things that traditionally we would be scared of? What's the first thing that you say when you watch something, something done by somebody in the name of not having fear? You go like this, that's stupid. Right? You're like, why would you do that? Because like normal people go like, that's scary. I won't do that, all right? So our emotions, they're actually really important to us. Isn't it interesting that we try to create moral values for them? When in and of themselves, they're not morally right or wrong because they're simply just gauges. It's what we do with them that changes. Someone needs to write this down today. It's what we do with them that changes the moral value of our emotion. It's what we do with them. The problem that we're facing right now is so many of us don't know how to deal with our emotions because we are cloaked in shame and guilt for feeling a certain way. So we get locked up and then so what we do is we rage against God, we rage against his design because now I'm feeling shame and I'm feeling guilt because I'm feeling a certain way. Listen, our feelings are valid. What we do with them is a whole different story and we'll talk about that in a minute. But that's why David says, be angry. Historically speaking, the church and people of faith have struggled in the arena of dealing with the swath of human emotion and faculty. And I think this is mainly due to fear and lack of understanding concerning the design and purpose of emotion in our lives. Teaching birthed out of fear has been the leading cause in the development of shame surrounding the emotions that we experience in our daily lives. We have categorized emotions by giving them moral values, and in doing so, we have not helped people understand the power and the purpose of our emotion. I was taught when I was younger, right, that attraction is bad, and so I felt weird when all of a sudden I was attracted, especially to my wife. Now I thank God I'm attracted to my wife. Come on, and all the married couples said, amen, (laughs) right? This is an important thing. I don't fight against that attraction, praise the Lord. That's why we have three kids. We do not fight against the attraction. We just <laughs> but we have to use it appropriately, right? Emotion does not have a moral value. They're really benign at first swing. They're simply emotions, gauges, clues that tell us something of ourselves and where we are at, what we do with them, however, is so important. See, the Bible is very clear that emotions should be expressed and assessed. The problem is, is that for many of us, we have been taught to be fearful of our emotions. We've been taught to suppress and not to recognize our emotions, and this can become a very dangerous and eventually explosive way to deal with them. Listen, we have not been asked to suppress our emotions. We've been called to manage them. I'm gonna say that one more time. We have not been asked to suppress our emotions. We have been called to manage them. 
Watch again. So we're not in an echo chamber here. Ephesians 4, 26. This is Paul the Apostle writing. He says, be angry. There it is again. Be angry. Don't sin. Don't let the sun go down on your anger and don't give the devil an opportunity. See, there's nothing in the Bible that says don't feel. Am I talking to anybody today? This is what is said to us when the Bible encourages us to exercise self-control by way of the Holy Spirit in our lives. The unfortunate truth is that most times our emotions manage us. Anger, joy, sadness, attraction, fear, the list goes on and on and on are all very real emotions created by an emotional God. And the Bible tells us that even Jesus experienced emotions, emotions that would cause him to weep and to retreat and to laugh and to build relationships, to exercise passion and ultimately give his life. I want you to know that it was the emotion in Jesus, the love that he had for us that sent us to the cross. It's emotion. The deal with it is, though, is that he exercised it in perfection. Sucks for us. Because we're not perfect. See, the Bible tells us that our emotions are actually subject to a different nature. Sin nature. But it's a nature that we have freedom from. Right? We will never live perfect, we will never lead perfect lives by any means, but we do have the power the comfort and the equipping nature of the Holy Spirit in our lives as we assess daily our emotions and the impact that they have on us. So the first step in the process of dealing with our emotions is to lean into them in order to understand them. I've been doing this personally. Eric and I have been doing this personally. It's learning to understand my emotions and we've, we've enlisted people in our lives to help us do that. Here's the second truth that the, that the writer of Psalms offers us. Psalm four, do not feed the bears. That's the second point. Do not feed the bears. Psalm 4, verse 4. Be angry. What does it say? Do not sin. Don't feed the bears. I'll explain this in a minute, all right? So the writer shows us that we will experience emotion regardless of what that emotion is or what those emotions may be. Do not sin in that emotion. In other words, don't feed the bears. We were on vacation uh, about a month ago. And uh, we were in the Island Park area of Idaho, and then we went into West Yellowstone, just beautiful, beautiful country. And if you know anything about uh, Eric and I, we love the outdoors, and, and uh, we love to be outside. I love to be around campfires. I love fly fishing. And uh, I, I happen to find myself in, in territory within our nation that happens to have a larger contingent of bears, right? I don't know what it is, but my personal hobbies have brought me closer to bear life. And so we walked into a fly shop store when we were in Island Park, and I was picking up some specific flies for the fishing that I was going to do. And, and uh, I asked the guy, I was like, hey, where should we go fishing at? So he told us this area that we should go. And then he said this to me, right off the heels, as fast as he possibly could, he says, make sure you have your bear spray. Like, I didn't even ask him. How many of you know you listen when they offer you free advice really quick? Right? I didn't even ask him. I wasn't like, hey, are there bears? He was like, here, you should go fishing here. Make sure you bring your bear spray. And I was like, okay, curious. I said, why? That's a stupid question. <laughs> why? And he says, well, there's bears. And I was like, yeah, I know. And then so he proceeded to tell me that this specific uh, area that, uh, that he was encouraging me to go fishing in with my small children, mind you, um, he said, they take bears that have attacked people and put them here. And I was like, why am I going fishing there? Why are, you, 
why are you telling me this? So he says, bring your bear spray, be, be mindful. And so I was like, okay. So we drove around a few different places and while we never actually got into that area uh, because of weather and stuff like that, I remember stopping at a few different spots and I would see the same sign over and over and over again. It said, do not feed the bears. Don't feed the bears. Now, let's pause for a second on that statement. Do not feed the bears. If I'm super honest with you, I have not once thought to myself, gee, what would it be like to feed the bears today? (laughs) Now, in all honesty, I've thought about what it means to be fed on by a bear. (laughs) But I've not thought once to myself, how do I go out of my way to feed a bear? Plus, I've seen the movie, The Revenant, and now I have even more imagery to support my strict no feeding the bears policy in my life, right? The reason that we should not feed the bears is because at the end of the day, they're still bears. They're unruly, they're unpredictable, and they're able to turn on us in a moment. They are, in fact, a wild animal. So it is true for bears, it is for our emotions. They're unruly. They're unpredictable and able to turn on us in a moment. And oftentimes, most times, come on somebody, they do. This is true for, I wanna wanna make sure I'm very clear on this. This is true for every, every emotion that we face. Every single emotion, even what we would call good emotions can lead us to bad decisions. I want to be very clear on that because how, how many of us have done something dumb in the name of joy? Come on, right? You're all joyful and the joy leads to just one more drink. Uh-oh, joy just leads to four pieces of cake. <laughs> Some of you are like, that's not bad. <laughs> right? Every emotion is raw. I know that I've made bad decisions while being joyful and experiencing joy. This is why simply lumping emotions into generic categories, bad versus good, doesn't actually help us deal with the emotions that we experience. So this is why Psalm 4 encourages us to be angry, but don't sin in our anger. So what's the working definition for us today of sin? I like to put it this way, that which is out of alignment with God's heart and design. See, our emotions can be what they are as long as we don't allow them to take us out of alignment with God's heart and design for our lives. And here we are sitting in the midst of COVID. Here we are sitting in the midst of 2020. Here we are sitting in the midst of pressure and push on every single one of our lives. All of us dealing with different circumstances and situations. And if we are brutally honest right now, I would bet you that our emotions have bested us. There's been some moments over these past few months that my emotions have got the better of me. Why? Because I fed the bears. Don't give them the space and the energy to run their course. Rather look at them, understand them, but don't feed them. Here's what I want us to understand about this truth. When we feed our emotions, we fuel our emotions. When we feed our emotions, we fuel our emotions, and this is one of the reasons that we're told not to feed the bears. Why? Or any animal, for that matter. Because when you feed them, they keep coming back. And the more they come back, 
the more entitled they become. And the more entitled that they become, the more demanding that they get. And at a certain point, if they do not get what they want, they turn on you. Don't feed the bears. Because the bears keep coming back. And the bears demand more, more, more. And then that day you and that bear are face to face with each other and you don't have what it wants, it eats your face. <laughs> it's a mental picture. Hashtag bear food. Emotions are not different. When we feed them, we fuel them, and they keep coming back and they become more entitled. And when they don't get what they want as a food source, they quickly turn on us. I want you to see this today. The reason that many of us have not been able to manage our emotions is because we've given them what they want when they want it, and now we're held hostage by them. When we are held hostage by our emotions, we can't help what they do. We were in West Yellowstone. Pastors Kaisa and Seth were with us and had our families together and we're looking at these animals. We drove up in this area where there's wild bison hanging out, big old bison. So now I've been fascinated by bison. If you don't know me, I've, I've got an obsessive personality. So now like I look at videos, mainly I typed in bison attacking people. Like that's my, because that, I, I want to know, like, right? Like I want to know the real. We are looking at them like, that was so nice. And I was like, nah, they ain't nice. So I YouTube bison attacking people. And sure enough, what do they do? Doesn't matter if it's a bear. Doesn't matter if it's a bison, right? We all look at bison. We're like, oh, how cute, bison. No, no, until they gore you. Until they flip you over because you got way too close to them. Because here's the deal. Wild animals are meant to be wild. And I would tell you this, as we were on vacation looking at all these animals, whether it was deer or, or bison or fish or any of these other things, I love looking at them. I know that where they're at and the space that they occupy is sacred. It's beautiful being out in the wild with these animals. And I've learned to view and I'm learning to view my emotions in a very similar way that they are sacred in nature. They are how I've been designed. They're how I've been, why God has put them inside of me, intrinsically created me this way. Come on, somebody. But the deal is, is that they are wild, and they're, they're grazing out in the pastures of our hearts and in the pastures of our minds, and they're meant to be looked at, and they're meant to be studied, and they're meant to be understood but they are not meant to be fed in the way that we feed them. And if we are not careful, if we give them the space to rule and to reign, if we get too close to them, they will hurt us. And right now, more than ever, I think we need to be a people that understand who we are and then learn how to give it to Jesus at the end of the day. Now, for some of us right now, you're like, okay, help me. That's next week. Three more points. Now you know why I needed to go two and three, because. Literally, these pages are exhaustive, but I need us to understand this is such an important topic right now. Such an important reality right now. So next week, we're gonna look at the, the last three steps in the process of dealing with our emotions. And these three are so important, so please, 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 get on our online campus next week. I wanna close with this. When our emotions become gauges, 
that can help us look at the things we need to look at in order to surrender the things we need to surrender. In Jesus' name. God, we thank you for this moment that we have today. We honor you. Right now, in our homes, in our cubicles, in our kitchens, in our living rooms, in our cars, and at our campsites. May they be our sanctuary.